0: Hi, everybody. This is the Hallowed Wide Song Diary for track 11, Are We Touching Yet? Um, As per usual, I'll do a little intro and then play the song for you and then do a deep dive. Um, Gosh, I wasn't really planning on doing this today and then kind of had a spark of energy, but... I just, you know, for those who are tuning into the podcast regularly, I missed last week's episode, which is something that I pretty much never do. I have an episode recorded. I just didn't edit it. Um, I have been like a weird, weird combination of just like overwhelmed and like just kind of exhausted and also sort of just like... I don't know, like a little rebellious or something. (laughs) Like I just, I have not been able to like muster the energy to like do justice to these things. I've been, um, I think some of it is like just wrapping up the hallowed wide. I I mentioned this, I think last week, but it just has me like feeling a weird mix of things, um, which I'm sure I will talk more later as I'm, you know, have time to kind of process them. And as I've said several times now I'm, I'm thinking a lot about what I'm going to do next. And I have lots of ideas and just, I have been a little bit too busy with like the, the other jobs that I do in the, the band and the teaching, um, to, um, to process and kind of synthesize those ideas. And then also this is something I've just really haven't talked about at all, but I've for since for a couple of months now, I've been dealing with, um, some like TMJ disorder things, like some jaw popping and like quite a bit of pain and tension, and it's just something I've never ever dealt with before, and have been feeling like really anxious and like a bit kind of like some shame things. I think because you know I take my vocal health and my uh, technique really seriously, um, but I'm I'm happy to say that my jaw is doing much better, and I've been going to physical therapy, and um, the physical therapist. I think this was like last week, she was like, you know, I've been thinking about everything you've been telling me. And I think that this job problem is coming from like the fact that I had had braces. Um, so I got my, I got my braces off in, um, at the end of April of 2022. And the whole reason I had braces was to like fix my bite. Um, and I, th- we think what was happening is like my, my jaw, I was trying to kind of like force my mouth to stay in like the old bite. And it was causing like all these problems. So after she said that I was I kind of like, changed how I was thinking. And I, you know, kind of committed to this new bite. I think I had this like, I didn't really think about it. But I I feel like I kind of had this deep fear that like, like, um, you know, having braces like had like ruined my bite or something like I was really worried about it and it felt like this very permanent very scary thing and then yeah the physical therapist gave me this kind of reframing that I thought like oh well that makes sense and then yeah I kind of just like committed to the to new bite and um yeah i've been having no popping and very little tension over the past like week or so so anyway i'm feeling feeling like very relieved in like multiple levels on that and i think it was kind of making me it was contributing to some like depression that i was feeling anyway none of this is probably very interesting to you. But it is the truth of like, why I've been a little MIA, or at least a a large component of kind of it it kind of the job problem was kind of feeling like the straw that was breaking the camel's back a little bit bit. And I just anyway, all this to say, I, I have also been putting off are we touching yet? Because it's such an important piece to me and I wanted to be in the right kind of mindset before talking about it with you and uh, make sure I kind of do it justice. Um, so I think the only thing I want to say, you know, in the intro here, besides what I've already been talking about, the only thing I want to say about this piece is it's the penultimate song in the record. Um, but I, as I mentioned several times in this series, I wrote it first. It was the first song I wrote. I wrote it in the middle of May of, of 2020. Um, And then I built the entire rest of the Hallowed Wide around this song. So um, I think I think that's enough of an intro for the piece. So I'll stop and play it for you and then um, tell you all about it. Okay, here comes Are We Touching yet?
1: I never thought about you much. It didn't even cross my mind. To be broken up in the thick twist of the in-between I heard that you wanted more Lovely to be tangled up in the thick twist of the in-between I saw that you wanted love like I wanted love
0: to begin. You know, it's tricky because when I, when I started writing this, I didn't yet know what the project was going to be. So it's, it's an interesting thing to try to think back to my mind at that time. Um, when I was finishing up the release process for masks, which you may remember came out on May 8th of 2020. And, um, you know, it was the beginning of, it was really early on in the pandemic and, um, the like George Floyd, uh, um, Black Lives Matter protests were going on. Um, There was so much going on. Like it was the Me Too movement was also like pretty red hot at that time. There was just a lot of grief and a lot of fear and a lot of stress. And I don't know, I just, I had, I had just gone no contact with my dad and I was sort of ready to let go a lot of the, you know, topics and themes that I've been writing about in masks, I really was longing for like, something new to be kind of occupying my mind. Um, And I and I wanted to write something like beautiful, I wanted to write something that was like, you know, healing. And um, I think with like, you know, For those who are listening to this, like we're talking about the hallowed wide and not masks. But at this point in my life, like these things didn't feel all that separate because like I had been working on masks like really hard for like five years. And, you know, the process of working on the record was also like during that five years, I started going to therapy during that five years. I left um, Mormonism during that five years. My mom was diagnosed with cancer and passed away um and you know there was a lot of political upheaval it was just there was a lot going on and um and during that time i i was trying to process the things that i was in the middle of and that i you know i was trying to process my my childhood and thinking about you know different things but i was also like i was also kind of in the back of my mind and and a little bit in the front of my mind thinking about Building something new. Like what do I, you know, I know kind of what I what I don't want to see. I know which paradigms I think I'd like to leave behind. Um, I know what kind of worldview I don't want. And I I wasn't quite sure what I what I did want, what I wanted to kind of replace those things with. Um, and I had been experimenting a little kind of emotionally with just different types of vulnerability with people and you know, um, trying to, to trying to really build, um, chosen family. Um, and I, and I, in many ways felt kind of at the beginning of that process, but, but not, you know, I felt like I was, had some ideas. So I think that's where my mind was like at this time in my life. And then also kind of what the context was in the world. Um, and I had this kind of image in my mind of like, reaching through like reaching through something tangled like a like a thicket I was thinking a lot about kind of like this like visual of like a tangled you know a tangled thicket of like vines or hedges and like like that it that that's what it kind of feels like to try to get close to another person like you know, just trying to understand a person's background and trying to understand a person's worldview and what they're dealing with and what different actions or words mean to that person, you know, given their, um, individual context and, and this, this visual felt, um, like just compelling to me. And I, I had this kind of idea, this thing of like, have we made it there? Like I had this, this phrase in my mind are we touching yet and it was it 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 really was this phrase that kind of was like you know this question of like how do we know if we're close like how do we know if there's this trust like do i understand you yet like do you understand me yet um anyway so that's kind of where the song began and you know the the beginning of writing a project is a vulnerable time um you know, it's interesting. Like I say this all the time, like on the podcast, but like, I'm, I'm almost 35. I'll be turning 35 in April of 2023. And I feel all the time, like I'm so young. I don't understand anything. Like I feel all the time, like my life is just starting. Like anyway. um, And I get very, I, so, you know, anyway, I'm kind of thinking about this in real time, but I think what I want to say is, you know, when I started writing my first album, Embark, um, gosh, it was such a, it was such a fragile time. I, I've told this story to my students and maybe I've mentioned it on the podcast as well, but, um, you know, I was taking, I was at, I was in school at the University of North Texas and I was taking private voice lessons with Rosanna Eckert, who's one of the most incredible vocalists who's alive right now certainly one of the most incredible jazz vocalists and I would say just in general in terms of storytelling and vocal control and you know the aural skill and uh, control of rhythm just in every way a beautiful composer arranger um and Um, if you haven't heard, if you haven't checked her out, definitely do Rosanna Eckert with one N E C Rosanna with one N and then E C K E R T Rosanna Eckert. Anyway, I went in at the beginning of the semester. I don't remember if it was fall or spring, but it feels like it was probably fall. Um, and this was probably 2008 or nine. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe 2009. And I said to Rosanna, she, she would always ask us at the beginning of the semester, like what, um, what are your goals? Like what is what's your semester goal? What do you, what are your one year goals? What's your five year goal? What's your 10 year goal? And just kind of getting an update. It was kind of always how we began the semester. And I, I said to her, like, I want to learn how to write songs. I want to be a songwriter. And for those that are listening, you know, who are, I know a lot of my listeners are artists as well. And, you know, so many composers like start writing songs when they're like children. And I just, I hadn't, um, for, for plenty of reasons, I think not the least of which is, um, I just, you know, I didn't feel emotionally supported or safe in my, in my home. And I definitely didn't believe all that much in my own like talents. I I felt I had a lot of like self-worth and kind of worthiness issues. So anyway, but I had this intention that to me at that time, it felt scary to say it out loud. Like I didn't know if I was allowed to be a composer, if I was allowed to be this kind of creative, that's actually making new works versus, um, you know, I don't know, singing things that other people had written or or things like that. And I just remember Rosanna just being like, Well, why haven't you written anything? Like why 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 aren't you writing? And I was like, Well, I don't know how. And she was like, Emily, you've been at, you know, one of the best schools for music for two years. Like of of course you know how. Like you know theory, you know how song structures work. Like just write something. And I was like, Oh no, I couldn't possibly. And she was like, Yes, you can. And in fact, this is an assignment now and you're gonna write a song this week. And that for very first song that I ever wrote was um, Awoken, which I think is track two of my first album, Embark. And that song had several iterations. But what I want to tell you is, you know, the beginning of that project, like sort of Embark meaning Embark the beginning of that project sort of it didn't it there wasn't a beginning of it like I had a secret wish to write to release an album of all original music Um, by the time I graduated and I didn't say I didn't utter it I didn't say it out loud to anyone not to I mean I I think if I wasn't so I met my husband Andrew um, in March of 2009 so this was either like this was right around that time in my life. I was like either 20 or 21. I can't remember when, when I had this conversation with Rosanna. I could probably find it out if I looked back in like my old files, like when this was, but, um, anyway, you know, I was slowly writing new music and taking, um, taking risks and just feeling, um, like very, scared and kind of insecure. And like, this was this big secret. And when I finally had this album finished, I mean, I think to a lot of people around me, I mean, either probably just no one was thinking about it, but to anyone who was, it was probably like, whoa, Emily has this whole album written, you know, I just wasn't talking about it. And then masks, I, I didn't, I didn't write masks for, for such a long time. And again, I think I was just terrified I thought what if I can't write without being in school what if I what if I can't write without having a teacher to kind of go and talk about my writing with um and you know again like there were all of these very scary things happening in my life that I didn't know how to deal with so the beginning of the hallowed wide um (laughs) Like, it's just a weird experience. Like, it's weird to, it's weird to think about the beginning of something, you know, maybe having this kind of deep fear, like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, what if I can't do it anyway? So, so that's, that's also a key. I I just spent so long talking about that, but that also was kind of a key component of, you know, what my, what my mental state was like when I wrote, are we touching yet? So I had been sort of thinking and not telling anybody, like just thinking a little bit about these things. And I had this, I, this phrase in my mind, are we touching yet? Like this kind of question. And it was the kind of thing where like, I hadn't sat down at my piano to write. And especially because it was the beginning of the pandemic and Andrew was working from home, that also felt very exposed to me because, um, I don't know, I wanted to keep I was scared. I was like, I felt a little, a little scared about um, kind of declaring the beginning of a new project or, you know, writing something new so, you know, kind of in front of him, like, I just wanted to keep it secret. So I mean, not not super consciously, maybe, but I, I think that I think that is what was happening. And so the way that I was thinking about this was more like, when I would be driving somewhere, I would kind of I would kind of think about it, like I would sort of have these ideas in my mind and kind of playing with some different melodies. Anyway, so there was one day, like I hadn't kind of declared an intention of a writing day, but there was one day that I just went in my little studio and started writing. And I wrote this piece really quickly. Like I finished it in one day, which, um, I don't know. I, it often takes me a little bit longer to kind of, kind of crack, crack it with, with a new song. Um, and so it felt sort of like magical and it felt, I don't know, it just, it felt it felt big and, um, finishing this piece was a, was a, a really important feeling, um, with regards to kind of the forecast of the rest of the album. So I, I just want to give you that kind of paint a picture of like what, it felt like to me, I don't really remember like the order in which I wrote this. Cause again, it kind of like came out of this. It, it wasn't that intentional. Cause I, I just kind of, there was some fear, there was some hope. Um, and I wasn't thinking, and because it was the first piece in the project, I wasn't thinking all that much about how to differentiate it from the other songs or what piece it was going to play in the whole, it was a little bit more stream of conscious than some of the other pieces because it was, it was the very first, work in this collection. Um so I guess I'll just start um from the beginning. Um I love the verses of Are We Touching Yet. They're I just I just love them like they feel like kind of precious to me. Um but I think the song starts out really vulnerable. There isn't really an intro and it just starts with the words I never thought about you much. And I love that the, the the you is just ambiguous. And the way that I feel that is like just other people, like anyone who's different from me in any way. Um, I never thought about you much. It didn't even cross my mind to be, to wonder too much to be broken up in the thick twist of the in-between. And I, that I wanted to honor that imagery of this, like this thicket. Um, and I, I na- kind of named it The In Between um which like again you know The Hallowed Wide like it started out as a feeling like I wrote this piece then I wrote Bleeding Color then I think I started like one of the other songs maybe Closer to You um before writing The Hallowed Wide and I had all these ideas about like the kind of feeling of what I wanted to write about but I I didn't have a name for it at this point so this like The In Between um, the in-between felt like the thing that I wanted to write about. Um, and this, this thick twist, this like, um, just like all of the stuff that's between people, like all of the things, like the, you know, any sort of, um, privilege issues, just the experience of like growing up in a in a female presentation, growing up in a white presentation, spending your life or a white, not a white presentation, just being white, I guess. Uh, I guess a white presentation. I guess, I guess, I guess either. Because um, certainly there are people who aren't white, but who are white presenting. So I don't know. Um, it's not my, those aren't, I don't know. But anyway, um, growing up in, you know, different economic backgrounds, like just there is so much. Like how do we use language? How do we think about um body language. Um, my master's research was in like paralinguistics, you know, those kinds of things. Like there's just so much that's unspoken that's sort of left to be interpreted. And, um, you know, there's just, there's so much to be sorted through and broken up in that, in that jumble of confusion between people. Um, and then this line, I heard that you wanted more, like I wanted more, like we needed more. Um, this kind of feeling of like just that first moment of kind of realizing that someone who you think is really different from you is not all that different from, from you, but maybe, you know, it wasn't like it, I I wanted it to feel like this is before I'm even engaging with, with, you know, a person or a, a group of people or whatever, an idea, even just having this inkling of a thought that someone who's different from you is a person too. <laughs> like um I heard I heard that you wanted more. Like I wanted more. Like we needed more. Like we needed solutions to these big problems in our world. Um and then I also love this next line, like we need the air and water, like we need to hold another. And it's something that I think about I I was thinking about so much at that time at the beginning of May 2020 and and I'm still thinking about it so much now. It's we, we just forget that we are like, we're mammals, you know, like as much as we disagree about what the, what needs to happen in the world, what the right answer is, what the right solution is, what our ethics are, what our values are. We all can kind of agree that we need air and we need water and we need people. Um, and, and it it just feels like it's such a good thing to remember. Like we all are made of the same things and we are, equally so fragile. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like that was an intention that I wanted to kind of lay out early on of like, as different as we feel, like we are the same species. We're so much the same than we could ever be different. Um, and then, um, verse, verse two, I, I wanted to, to leave a lot of, um, similarities between these two verses. So they, they rhyme the first line of verse one. I never thought about you much. The first line of verse two, amid the babble, amid the hush. Um, and I just, I don't know. I like that too. Like when there's so much conversation going on, you know, in the news or, you know, whatever. And then in these quiet moments where we're kind of alone, um, instead of, it didn't even cross my mind to wonder verse two, I'm caught up in the bliss of such a wonder. Um, yeah, it's just, it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing to just be alive, to just be human, to just be on this gorgeous planet at this moment of time, um, and kind of setting an attention there. Um, verse one, too much to be broken up in the thick twist of the in-between and, verse two, lovely to be tangled up in the thick twist of the in-between. Just a reframing of like what a privilege and a gift it is to even have, to even have these questions of like how to communicate with another person. It's just, it's an incredible thing. And then verse one, I heard that you wanted more, like I wanted more, like we needed more. And verse two, I saw that you wanted love, like I wanted love, like we needed love. So just a a nod back, but like getting at the crux of the issue, not just more, but love. And instead of, I heard, I saw, like I'm paying attention now and I'm reframing it. And um, that's the perspective. And then my, I think maybe my favorite line in this song, like we need our flaws forgiven, like beauty needs a witness. It's just, it's like, it's a line that I love singing and I loved writing it and it just feels beautiful to me. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just, it feels precious. I, I don't, uh, I mean, I think it speaks for itself. Like we need our flaws forgiven. And I believe that, you know, that's something that I there's, there's always fine lines about, you know, we need boundaries, we need to, pr- to protect ourselves. But I do think that, you know, we all have flaws and, and some of the, you know, the flaws can be forgiven, you know, maybe choices and behaviors can't be forgiven always. But those inherent flaws, I think, I think that is something that I kind of always believe I'll let you know if I find an exception. And like beauty needs a witness. And I believe that too. Like, you know, we need, we need to share with each other. Like it's more than just like an internal thing. It's like, we need, we, we are, we are a communal species. And, um, I don't know. I think that is important and, and non-negligible. Um, pre-chorus, the pre-chorus, there's three pre-choruses in this song, and they all also are kind of um, structurally built the same. Um, pre-chorus one, more than just a wish, a fundamental call to wonder, more than just a risk, we'll give it all to wonder. And what I mean by that is this this idea of a of a, you know, kind of a, a better future, a more human future. These, these messages that I'm writing about in the hallowed wide about connection. It's not just a pipe dream to me. It's not, it's not something that I just wish for and hope for. It's not a dream. It's, it, I believe it's like absolutely fundamental and it's necessary. And it's, it's maybe not a call from me, but a call from just our humanity, like just a call from the planet, um, a fundamental call to wonder, like, like there is an imperative for us to have wonder in, in all these things. Like, I, I, I believe that wonder is like a, wonder is like a, a, a moral like a virtue like wonder is like a moral um you know pillar um and we and i i believe that these that these things are like just absolutely essential so a fundamental call to wonder it's more than just a, a like a little uh, it's more than a risk of like can i love this person can i you know um can i trust this person like what does it mean and I feel like the we now shifts to like whoever wants to cross the hallowed wide I guess or like whoever feels like we we will give it all in order to wonder that feels like a statement of position to me um I I feel like I want to risk everything to to experience wonder in as many ways as possible um precurs to more than just a thrill. So it's the same, the, having the word wonder. And, and it's also, um, like similar, uh, it's not a rhyme, but similar, uh, what's the word like assonance. So more than just a wish, more than just a thrill. It has like the, I, and then, um, uh, you can feel it still the endless pull to wonder. So the, the feel it still like has the uh, sound too. I wanted them to feel, um, parallel more than just a thrill, a body filling up with wonder. And I wrote this line kind of knowing that when I, when I like, what am I trying to say? This line, are we touching yet? Like, I just, I feel really pure and wholesome about it but i just knew that like there would be some there would be plenty of people who would just like think this line was like sexual or something and that kind of i just like wanted to make it really clear that that's like not what it is um so m- more than just a thrill it's not a cheap thrill it's like a a a whole body like filling up with this very wholesome sense of wonder, something deeper, something bigger, um, you can feel it still. And that's maybe more like a hope. Um, maybe the you there is kind of like, if you feel like you can't, you don't believe in humanity or you feel kind of like a, um, a hopelessness there, like, just pay attention. You can feel it still this endless, this pull to like, have these sense of wonder to have like, you know, what a lot of people would name a spiritual experience or what a lot of people might name something kind of mysterious or like something that's just deeper, like something that's kind of, um, like an intangible sense of wonder. Um, and then pre-chorus. Three, more than just a gift, our essential shot at wonder. There's nothing more than this we're holding out for wonder. And that feels like the most important kind of declaration of the song. Um, more than just a gift. Like it's not just like a nice benefit that like humans can connect deeply. It's it's I think I believe it's kind of like the thing. Um it's just absolutely essential that we have this this that we lean on each other and look toward each other for this deeper sense of wonder. And I, I know that people like find these senses of purpose and wonder, like in nature as well. Um, and you know, maybe there's just a step deeper there. That's just like, it's all just like, you know, living things. Um, And I I feel very open about that for, you know, anyone who feels that way. But even still, like, I think that it's the same skills like that, you know, kind of open heartedness, paying attention, not trying to control or like force um, your will on something. But just, you know, having a more um, selfless and open sense of uh, be holding. um, more than just, it's not just, it's not just like, it's not just a gift. It's like the thing. There's nothing more than this. And we're holding out for wonder. And that's how I feel like I, you know, for so many years, I tried to, I tried to force, um, you know, my family, I think to, uh, to, to, like, I don't mean this in the way that maybe exactly sounds, but to like, join me in my kind of, in my sort of feeling of what, you know, something wonderful is. Um, and maybe also trying to force, um, like Mormonism or religion in general to like fit my sense of what wonder is. And, you know, maybe I'm, I, I, I think I'm not doing that, anything like that anymore. Um, you know, try to keep that kind of thing in check. Um, But we like people, some of us, some of us, people who feel like me, probably you're if you're listening, just I'm determined to find it. If I can't find it in family, if I can't find it in religion, I'm not going to stop looking for it. And I'm I'm holding out for it. I'm determined to find it. And I, I know that there are others who feel that way, too. Um, and it, and it certainly does feel like the, the key constraint of this entire record. And then the chorus, are we touching yet? Um, this is just the lyrics. And then I think maybe I'll talk more about some of the chords and the melodies and things. Um, well, I guess I'll start talking about the melody here. So, um, I wanted to write this in a way that would be kind of difficult to sing and would be, uh, that would that would sound kind of desperate and a little unhinged and not super confident because it does feel a little desperate and not all that confident. And like a question, like, is it working? Um, I wanted it to feel like a question and I wanted it to feel a little desperate. So I wrote it with that big jump that that's difficult for me to sing. Are we touching yet? Are we clutching at the dearest mess of flesh and breath? Um, I like this juxtaposition that we are just, we're mammals and we're, we're complex mammals. We're higher primates, but, um, I like the idea that we are, um, we're just, we're just, we're just flesh and breath. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's not any lesser. It's so precious. It's very, very dear. It's dear, but it's also just simple and flawed and, um, natural and susceptible to so many problems. Um, And, and despite all of that, despite the simplicity of it, despite the, you know, the, the fragility, the mortality, the kind of baseness of so much of what it is to be, you know, a living, a person living in a, you know, in a, in a body, um, it nevertheless is so just deeply, deeply precious. Um, and I like this word clutching. I thought about it a lot. It's not a particularly beautiful word. It's kind of an ugly, I mean, in my opinion, it's a bit of an ugly sounding word. Like the, the ch is pretty, um, harsh and like the, the C and the L together is not particularly like beautiful, but it just feels so visceral. And, um, And that's how this, I wanted this to feel like, again, that kind of imagery of this like thicket and like just grasping and fighting through it. Um, are we clutching at the dearest mess of flesh and breath? And can you feel my fingertips on your cheek? And what I meant by that line is like, fingertips on a cheek is so gentle. It's like, I can't, I cannot even think of a gentler thing. Um, it's just completely tender and, I can imagine the feeling of reaching out and placing your fingertips on someone's cheek and how vulnerable that is and how gentle and tender and all that that carries. But then it's like, even if I feel that sort of tenderness to another person, like there's no way to know if they are feeling that, or if they're feeling all kinds of other like pressure or, or if I'm just getting it wrong. So that's why it feels like a question, like obviously, you know, physiologically, like someone could feel my fingertips on their cheek, but that's just not what I mean. More like, can, can a person that I'm trying to care about perceive that sense of like genuine earnestness and care? Um, that's what that line means to me. Um, a tender attempt, a delicate venture, innocent end, um, so tender, but, but it is just an attempt. It's not a well-executed plan. It's just, it's just an attempt. Like there isn't a rule book. We're just trying. It's a delicate venture. And of course, because there's no way to know, and there's inherently risk and there's inherently, um, you're bound to get it wrong. Like, it's just delicate. It's a delicate situation. It's a kind of a situation that, um, requires like diplomacy and forgiveness and patience and, um, a ton of humility and like a real exposure, um, a delicate venture and an innocent end. And that's the most important part. Like there's no guile, like there needs to be no guile here. Um, it's not about control it's not about ownership it's not about um trying to get something from someone or trying to be manipulative and it, it certainly is not any court any sort of like a like a um again like it's not it's not something it's not sexual it's not or anything like that any sort of like power grab or like trying to kind of um you know own or kind of dominate or overpower a person but just a truly en- a truly innocent um end and and, and ends meaning like t- to what end you know means a means to an end like the goal the end the innocent end the goal is truly innocent the goal is like just again without guile just completely pure completely wholesome um and then just repeating this line are we touching yet so the, the melody is written in a way that is difficult to sing. And I I wrote it like that on purpose because I wanted it to feel that sense of like, um, not being sure, um, not being confident, feeling a bit of fear, feeling a bit of exhilaration, maybe feeling a bit of exhaustion, you know, whatever, all of these things, a little desperate. And then, um, and then also the chords in this section go outside of the key, um, implying like a, um, a a bit of like a modal kind of a situation. And I wrote them like that on purpose because I wanted the first chords of the chorus to feel like unsure footing, to kind of feel a little unmoored, a little bit like this kind of um, uncomfortable feeling of like, Like the ground is moving underneath you. And that's, that's what I intended for those chords. And it was something that in production, Jed and I like fought about a bit. Um, He was, he was like, are you sure you don't want to just, you know, keep the, the chord progression changes in the end. Um, At the very end, I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, and Jed was like, I feel like maybe that's what it should be the whole time. And I just felt really strongly like, no, I know it feels kind of not right. And I want it to feel not right. So, um, that was something that I was really intentional about. And then the, the chords, the chords in the verse, in the pre-chorus, I didn't think about them all that much. It was more like, it was more like just trying to solve a, like, just, I had kind of a melody idea and I kind of just wrote the chords as they felt right. Um, I did, I, I did feel creative about the harmonic rhythm in the verses with like, there's a whole measure of C, a whole measure of G, a whole measure of C again. And then in the fourth measure, there's four beats in the, in, or four chords in the measure. So kind of this, this churning like circular movement, um, in the chords. Um, and then there's a slightly different iteration of that same shape in measure eight of each verse. Um, and I, I did feel like I wanted those to be kind of, um, propelling the story or creating sort of a, um, a feeling like a, a feeling in there, but the particular chords I wasn't thinking about so much is just like, which chords would help me like achieve that feeling. And I, I didn't think about it all that theoretically, it just kind of, it kind of just following a gut instinct and and not being too methodical or, um, strategic about like the theory of those chords. I, I was a bit strategic with the theory of the chords at the beginning of the chorus. Um, And then same thing for the pre-chorus. I just, I just wanted it to feel like it had some movement, um, in the, in the harmonies. Um, and then just setting up the, the, setting up the chorus, how we wanted the chorus to feel. Um, then yeah. Okay. So this piece is pretty simple in that way. There's, there's actually so many words in this song and it's actually just really difficult to sing. There's a lot going on melodically, um, and lyrically, but, um, structurally, like there isn't a bridge and there isn't really an ending. And those felt like kind of bold things to decide, um, (laughs) early on in the writing process. And I mean, in the writing process of this piece, and also in the writing process of an album, I had this feeling of like, is it finished? And I kind of felt, I just felt like my gut instinct was to kind of leave it unfinished. Um, because that is the symbolic, that's the, that's the, that would fit with the metaphor, even though I wasn't sure yet what was going to happen or where this piece would land. Um, pretty quickly I decided it would be the end of the record. Um, besides like this kind of end cap of the hallowed wide, which I'll, which I'll talk about, um, in another iteration of this series. Um, Anyway, so this production section in the middle, I, I, I left this space here. I left it a little bit for Jed um, and I'm oh, I'm talking about the part that's after chorus two and before pre-chorus three. Um, I left this a little bit for Jed because I know he's so creative and he's like just such a good artist. And I I wanted, you know, but when I wrote Masks before I ever even met Jed and so I wrote a lot. I wrote a I wrote kind of everything for that record. I didn't leave very much left. And after working with Jed and just seeing how, you know, gifted he is, I I I knew I wanted to work with him again for this record. Um and uh I I had the thought up front to kind of leave him some space to play. Um, so I wasn't sure what we would put in there, but I did I did write the chords for it, um, which are basically just they're just they're not even basically just they're the chorus chords. Um and then we wrote the rest of what happened there, like kind of together in the studio. And then I did write the chords for the outro. Um, after chorus three, I knew I wanted to do this, like, are we touching yet? Like the first two chords of the chorus. So the chorus goes like two beats of F major, two beats of G major, two beats of B minor, two beats of E minor, and then that repeats. And then there's a different chord progression in the second half of the chorus. But I knew that I, so I had written this before I met with Jed, this um, two beats of F, two beats of G, which is how the chorus always begins, but then a full measure of G major. So it kind of, we're kind of having to sit on that like discomfort and really feel it. And then again, um, just repeating that. So that's, that's what happens in that, when I sing, like, are we touching yet? And then there's like these extra beats. And then again, and then those are the last lyrics of the song. Then we go into this kind of like wordless breakdown. And I did, I did write those chords. So there's, there's, um there's another two measures that, that mirror exactly how all the other choruses begin and then we switch those uncomfortable chords, which are the F major, the G major, those kind of untethered, unmoored, like ground moving beneath you chords. Um, I switch those to C major and D major, which are both solidly in this kind of original key, um, which is which is G major. So so if you're interested and you're not already like a, a music theorist, this song is this song lives in, in G major. It has all uh naturals and then F sharps. So when we go to like that F that F natural chord, we are we're fighting against like something that's kind of a a, a crucial component of like G major. So that F chord feels like mixolydian and then we're kind of going back right into G and it, that's why it feels like that. So going to C major and then D major is solidly in the key of G. Um, and those are the chords that Jed was like, are you sure you don't want to use those the whole time? Like, are you sure you want that F chord in there? Cause the F chord, um, the F major does not belong in this key. Um, anyway, so, uh, so then we finally go to that C major chord and kind of get more comfortable. Um, and then and then I knew I knew I wanted it to just kind of spend some good time sitting in that new chord progression, the kind of adjusted, um, like, you know, correct chord progression. And I wanted it to kind of go for a while and sort of spin out into like, almost like its own sort of meditation, like almost like there's another composition just kind of living at the end of this piece. And then I wasn't sure if I wanted it to fade out or kind of end, but um, we chose in the end to have it end, which I'm, I'm really glad because I love the way the transition feels going into the final song in the record. Um, I guess other things to talk about. Um, we recorded, Jed and I recorded this nearly last, like I think it was the second to last piece we recorded in the studio. Um, we had a, a bit of a, a tough, time, tough time kind of cracking the production and getting it to feel right. And by we, I mean, like, I said, you know, probably somewhat cryptic things to Jed. He like took his best shot at it. And then I was like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe more like this. (laughs) Trying to kind of figure it out. Like the first demo Jed sent me had the had the piano, um, that beautiful piano line that you hear in verse two, starting at the beginning. And he was like, what do you think? And I was like, I don't know. I think I want it to start out feeling a little more open, but I like this line. Let's maybe put it in verse two. So those were some of the things that we had talked about. And then the track was like really quite sparse when we were working on it and recording the lead vocals. So, um, we recorded the lead vocals, um, first, and then I think I'm not exactly clear on this, but I think we had, um, Dan Dowsett who played drums and this is the only piece on the record who that has like live real drums um so we had Dan come into the studio and play this absolutely stunning drum set that has um like metal body and like wooden frames. And it's just, it's gorgeous. Um, there are pictures somewhere on my Instagram. If you care to look up that drum set, it's like, just, I walked into the studio one day and like, they had that drum set in there and I hadn't seen it before. And I was like, what is this? And then, you know, a couple of weeks later we had Dan come and play. Um, anyway, so I, I think what happened is we had recorded the lead vocals, um, and just fun little tidbit. Um, when, when Jed and I met in the fall. So I want to say it was like August or September of, um, 2020. Yeah. Of 2020. So I started writing the record in May. I finished with the writing process in like June or July. Um, I texted Jed and was like, Hey, I've got a project, I've got another project, believe it or not, kind of right away. And he was like, Holy shit. Um, we just barely released masks. And I was like, Yeah, but I got another one. And we scheduled a time to come in and record um scratch vocals and scratch piano, um, so that Jed could take the winter and kind of like work on some of the production and building up the tracks. Um and I had come in with really carefully planned metronome markings. So I had recorded this at one at one metronome marking. And then when, when, uh, Jed had me in the studio to sing, we were both like to sing the, the real vocals, the real lead vocals. We were both like, I couldn't breathe. Like I kept running out of there. And I was like, and Jed and I were both like, why? I swear, like I sang this fine in the scratch vocals. And then we looked back and he had, he had slowed it down. And then I was like, fuck you, Jed. Um, but you know, it feels great. It's just extremely difficult for me to sing. And now I'm like, now I'm like, Jed, every time I sing this live, like I'm not going to be able to do it because it's like, it's too slow. (laughs) Anyways. So just for the listener, just know that there is some studio magic, um, happening where, um, I stopped and catched my breath and we sneaked in what we call like punches in the studio on consonants and things like that so that I could sing these whole phrases with like the color that I want, which I really frankly cannot achieve live because it's too slow and I, I run out of air. Um, and with, with those big, um, those big breathless, um, intervals and big jumps in the vocal, it's really just, I need like full lungs to do it. And it's just, it's, it's really difficult to sing. Um, anyway, so I think we had Dan in to record the drums and it was just really beautiful. And then one of the very last things Jed and I did, like really though, I think it was like the very last day we were in studio recording the last recording day we had scheduled and booked out. Um, we recorded the background vocals and figured out what to do in these empty sections. Um, and we just had a great time figuring it out. Like, um, I had wrote those kind of like the the loo, loo doo doo lines that you hear at the end um we did those kind of together it just it was like it was it was a cute moment uh, just a little anecdote, but something that means something to me um the way that it, this will sometimes be is like you know either jed or I will have an idea so we in real time we 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 go in the studio um and we're like, Hey, we're going to work on background vocals. And we'll kind of start out being like, do you have any ideas? Do you have any ideas? And maybe sometimes I'm like, yeah, I have a few ideas. And maybe sometimes I'm like, I don't know. What are your ideas? And then sometimes like neither of us really knows. And we're trying to kind of figure it out in real time. We listen. And like in real time, we're like, I think this could use a harmony. And we try some things, get a few takes. Um, and then Jed will be like, um, comping uh, putting together those those takes and making sure we have a good one and kind of doing some production you know engineering things and then I'm in the vocal booth um kind of waiting for him to do that and maybe kind of also at that same time thinking of something new so I was kind of playing around with this like these this high like Lou idea and Jed like, um you know, put on his talkback button and was like, what are you working on in there? And I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe nothing, but I have this idea. And he was like, let's record it, which I appreciated because it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird background vocal. It's not, it's not an ooh or an ah, or like, you know, what we call pads. And it's not a harmony. It's not a harmony. There aren't lyrics on it. It's kind of like this other you know, it's like something else. And so I always really appreciate Jed like going with me and like my weird background vocal ideas. And, um, so that's, this is certainly one of those. And then we filled it all in. Um, and yeah, that's the end of this piece. Um, then, uh, okay. So Jaren had, um, my, one of my, one of my fans and someone who feels like a friend, um, had asked me some questions that he wanted me to answer. So he had asked, what does this song mean to you? Which I think I've answered. And then his other question is about the video, um, which I made with my friend Ryan, who's also such a dear collaborator. Um, and Jaron asked, who came up with this mirror idea? Um, so for those, if, you, if you're if you listening and you haven't seen this video, please go watch it. These, these lyric videos that I made with Ryan... They feel to me like it's it's like wrong to consume this album without looking at those. And they are all available on my YouTube channel. Um, There's a playlist like right there on like the homepage of my YouTube channel of all these videos in a row. And this one, um, the way that we shot it is, uh, right. So Jaron, Ryan, this was Ryan's idea. Um, Ryan had the idea to get a mirror from like Ikea or Walmart or something, and then like break it, like kind of break it with a hammer and then, um, have me like perform into the mirror Um, And then Ryan will film the mirror with like some filters so that it's like a little bit kind of blurred out. And so that's, that's the effect that you're seeing in these videos. And I just think it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It's like it's like very intimate. Like the camera shots are like right on my eye, right on my mouth. It's super, super close and it's it's deeply intimate, but it's fractured. It's like not at all clear, um, which is exactly like what I wanted this to feel like. So I'm just, I'm super grateful to Ryan for having that idea and for helping me execute it so perfectly. And um, also this costume piece that Rebecca Fenton made for me this with these, these, um, these silk flowers and some paper flowers on them. Um, uh, you can see, you can see that piece like featured so beautifully in, are we touching yet? And it, and it gets at this feeling of like this thicket that I was imagining, like these, this, these beautiful vines. And it's like such a, it's a beautiful experience, but it's also like clawing and tearing through. And then, um, just a fun, another like little fun behind the scenes fact, Rebecca had made she she had this idea so again she's the costume designer who made um who made this piece for me and she had the idea to have some paper flowers made that have my lyrics on them and she asked me like which which lyrics and i i chose this song so there are these paper flowers that have the lyrics of are we touching yet on them and they're on that piece and it's just it's kind of the crux of the whole album so i'll 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 try to remember to take some pictures some close-ups of those flowers and post them on, on, on Instagram and Facebook, um, because they're really so beautiful. And I love that little, um, I love that little Easter egg that, that, you know, the lyrics of are we touching yet are on these beautiful flowers. Um, and then I also like, I, I feel like I need to tell you, um, whoever's listening these, um, pros, like I've been calling it the story guide. Um, and the map. So I I talked about this a lot at the beginning, but I, so I wrote this album, I wrote this record and, um, as I was writing it and maybe I'll talk, maybe I'll have some final things to say about this in, in the last episode in this series, but, um, pretty early on in the process, like maybe I'd written six, maybe, maybe eight songs. So early on, you know, this, I started writing in May of 2020. And this album is officially released in the fall of 2022. So this would have been around like mid like summer, like summer 2020. So early on in the process, um, I had the idea that I wanted to do this fantasy style map. Um, And I'm not a visual artist, like I used to draw a lot when I was a child and a teenager, but I've never had I've never taken any like drawing classes. And it's, it's not something that I've spent really any time on or that I really tell people or that I feel any sort of confidence about at all. Um, But I had I had this kind of idea that like drawing this map um, would be like an important kind of emotional piece of this record. And I haven't talked about it that much. I haven't been talking about it in these episodes. And I think it's at least partly because I've I have i have ai am a little insecure about it. I think I think I have like a I think I feel kind of like maybe it's a little self-indulgent or a little embarrassing or maybe a little childish or something. But I think, I think the truth is that it it feels pretty important to me. Um, and I, and in the same way that it feels to me, like it's a little bit wrong to consume this record without the videos. I think it's a little wrong to consume this record without the map and without the story guide. So the story guide are these little pros, like fantasy style pros, um, sort of meditations that I wrote to precede each song, um, and to kind of give more context and kind of fill out the the metaphorical side of the project, which does feel kind of like an important piece of this kind of overall, like, emotional sense of what this record is. Um, I want it to feel like an epic, I want it to feel like, like, um, like adventure isn't Quite, quite the right word but like an expedition like I want it to feel like like that sense of purpose driven through it um and that's why I that's why I wanted to draw that map because it it gives um like I want this record to feel like like there's a there's an urgency to it and I I really wanted each individual song to, to stand alone if it needs to Um, I I want each song to be able to stand alone, but so I wrote them to stand alone, but I also really want this piece, this urgency and this through line to be, um, not just apparent or clear, but like paramount, um, absolutely essential. And so, Constructing that into a map, I think, gives it this clear sense of like a beginning and an end. It gives it a clear sense that there will be challenges. um, You know, overlaying this metaphor of like climbing fighting through forest like being alone kind of having deep fear like that feels important it's not stuff that I wanted to write about super directly because I wanted these songs to be a little more palatable and like broadly consumable um but that piece feels very important to me. And then again, these kind of meditations that I've written, these story guides, they give like additional kind of clues of what these songs are supposed to mean and what they're supposed to feel like. And when we did the live show, I read those meditations like on stage between each song and the band played such beautiful things. I can't wait for you to hear the recording and the video of, of, um, of the live show. And, and, and I'm hoping to be able to perform this live show as I've conceived of it, you know, again, um, met hopefully many times. Cause it's, it, it's a, it's a work. It really is. This really is a multimedia work, a multimedia endeavor. And I want it to be consumed that way by anyone who wants to consume it that way. Anyway, all this to say that, that prose piece, um, gets at this like thicket this this thicket again and I wanted it to be clear that I didn't write that to fit this piece afterward that was the imagery that I was imagining before I wrote a single word of this album before I wrote a single lyric and there it is in the map and there it is in the prose and I just want to you know kind of state that that is important to me even though um (laughs) like as I've taught as I've shared the map like I I posted, you know, this map pretty early on, like, a, like over a year ago. And it got just like, almost no, like likes or comments, which kind of took the wind out of my sails a little But I'm feeling now like, yeah, we'll screw all of that. It's important. And I think it's like, <laughs> it's an important piece. So anyway, I want to tell that to you. So that even though I haven't been drawing that much attention to those things, you as a listener know that like, they're, they're, they're sort of like a key this record like you'll understand the record better if you're looking at those pieces as well um okay I think that's it for this um as always thank you so much for being here with me um I'm gonna record one more of these and talk about the Hallowed Wide 2 which is a short little piece I I don't I imagine it might be a short episode unless I have new thoughts of big picture things I want to say about the record before we kind of close this and then Uh, I have so much, I have so many new things that I'm thinking about that it's just a matter of me figuring out like how I want to talk about them with you and, and kind of when, but just please know there's more to come. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about the new ideas that I have. And also I'm, I'm scared. I feel kind of insecure. It's like that same old feeling of like a new project and you know, how do I, how do I know if this is just cool to me or if this is going to be cool to other people? And for the first time in my life, I think I, I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know that it matters. Like, I mean, it definitely, it matters in the sense that I care about like you and your experience, whoever you are. Um, but it doesn't matter in the sense that I think I'm just going to do it either way. Um, and, I think for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm kind of interested in talking about a project before it exists, which, um, yeah, feels a little scary. But I, I, I think I want to. So, stay tuned for that. And um, next week will be the last um, episode of Artifice season six yeah, like I'm getting confused because like, I just, I have one more episode to record for season seven and I'm already kind of thinking about planning season eight. So it kind of feels like can can six really be right. But yeah, so I have one more episode of season six for you. And then, um, I'll spend December planning, um, the next season for you. And, um, you know, I'm excited. So happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's this week and I'll be back next week and, more many more things to come and as always i'd love to hear from you thanks for listening bye thanks for listening to artifice our theme song is as you are from my album masks with artwork and merch designs by sarah keel if you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast you can reach me through my website emilymerrillmusic.com that's e-m-i-l-y-m-e-r-r-e-l-l-music.com And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.